0: Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at c3citylight.com or on social media at C3 citylight amen, amen. Welcome to C3 City Light. You may be seated. I hope that you found this morning encouraging Come on, man. You ever been to a church where you left and you were like, dude, I did not. I felt a lot of things, but encouragement was not one of them. Anyone ever been to a church like that? I hope that's not the case here. I hope that every Sunday you come in and you just feel encouraged. God is with us. He's for us. He is not against us. We're we're picking up part two today of a series we've been doing called, it's entitled Forgotten Pillars. Anybody know what a pillar is? I talked about it last week where I went to undergrad. It was called UNCW, and all over that campus, it was so confusing the first week. There was pillars everywhere. Like, every building looked the same. Brick with the white pillar, Gregorian style, right? And it's like, I couldn't figure out what was what. Every building looked the same. It took me a while to find my flow and to figure it out. But it's amazing about pillars. They do... Primarily two things. One, they provide structure. Come on, you don't want the building to fall on your head. So they provide structure. But then they provide like an adornment. They class up the joint. They make it pretty. They make the building attractive. You know what I mean? You ever been to like one of the, the courthouse or the legislative building downtown? Like where any building where there's pillars, you just kind of feel distinguished. You walk around, ooh, I feel a little bit smarter than I really am. Like this is nice. Higher education. Okay. That's what pillars do. They provide structure. And then they're also attractive. And we've been studying these virtues, these virtues from Scripture that are supposed to be a part of our life. Last week, we talked about honor. This week, we're going to talk about integrity. Next week, we're going to press pause into our Vision Builder Sunday. And then the week after, we're going to pick up with gratitude. I worked it out with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Right, come on, gratitude, Thanksgiving, I was sneaky, planned that out. But there's these virtues that they're pillars in our life, and we never want to build our life outside of these virtues, these, these principles from Scripture. Honor, integrity, gratitude, and there's more, but those are the three that we're going to focus in this time around. And today we're learning about integrity. I'll never forget, I got spoiled I got so spoiled when we lived here in in North Carolina because April's father and uncle are mechanics. Mechanics. They own a shop in Four Oaks. It's been in their family. for They're the third generation to keep it going. Great-granddad, grandfather, father and uncle run it. And so we got spoiled whenever there was, like, something going on with the car. We just took it there. We knew we weren't getting ripped off, you know. It was so refreshing, just Oh, we're going in, get it worked out. You know, and we just knew, like, we could trust it. I took that for granted. And when I moved to Dallas, I knew I was just ready. I was on the lookout. Every mechanic I went, I need brakes. What? You better get rid of one of those zeros. How much are you trying to charge me? And April and I were just on point, like, just like, we know they're trying to rip us off. How refreshing is it when you come across somebody with integrity? And honesty—it's—it's it's weird, but like we're more shocked by integrity and honesty than we are by getting ripped off. That's sad, but that's like we're always on the lookout now in our culture, like just waiting for somebody to try to get us right, because that's what's common. But integrity is so much different. I'll never forget, I never forget—I got the bill for something, or like an, like I was like, "Hey, give me a quote before I bring the car in," and he he ran it down what it would cost for parts and labor. And I called April's Dead, and I was like, "What would you charge for this job?" And this, and this. he's like, and he gave me a price. I used my arithmetic subtract it. That joker overcharged me by like $700. I was like, I ain't going there. Like, good grief, man. I know it's Dallas and it's a big city, but 700 no. But anyway, my point is it's so refreshing when we catch a little bit of integrity. It's nice when we get around somebody that what they say is what they do. Their yes is yes, their no is no, and it's so refreshing. If they tell you they're going to be there, they're going to be there. Oh, isn't that nice? It's like a pillar. It's it's all. Oh, it's beautiful. It's attractive. It's attractive. Um, the way I'm going to define integrity today is when your behavior matches your beliefs. And Webster would go a different route, but that's basically, in essence, the dictionary definition is when your behavior matches your beliefs. When they line up, come on. We live in a time with athletes always looking for an edge, getting tested with PEDs, felling right, looking for an edge. It's not. It's not done with integrity. Like, oh my goodness! Don't even talk about politicians. Right. Every other week, you see a scandal come out of what somebody did or what someone was trying to hustle, and you just like, oh can't vote for them. They're gone. Every time you turn, oh pastors. Pastors don't get a pass either. Man, we've seen some of the biggest pastors, biggest ministries fall because they didn't have integrity. They didn't walk with integrity. There was something secret, hush-hush, that they didn't want to deal with. There was something that came out, and you hear about the damage of churches getting torn up because of a lack of integrity. Even a best friend. Anybody ever had a best friend that just, they were your buddy face-to-face, but the next thing you knew, you had to get that knife out your back right? No, that's just me. All right. Y'all got great friends. Way to go. That's awesome. Good for you. But yeah, you're like, man, I thought you were with me and I thought you had integrity. And when you told me you were my friend or when you told me you were with me, I thought you were with me. I didn't realize you were with me until you got that knife in my back. Like, come on, man. Integrity. So it's so refreshing when we get around somebody and their behavior matches their beliefs. But that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to live an integrated life, just an integrated life. It's not like um, like a dresser drawer. We got this one, cat. We got this one drawer and this one. This is my Sunday morning self. This is my Monday morning self. This is my Friday night self with the club. No, we're all the same. We're integrated. Every part of our life, they all come out at the same time. That's the goal, that we live an integrated life and what we say lines up with what we do. Our private life is the same as our public life. Who we are when no one else is around, that's what integrity is all about. That's what integrity is all about. You know, a a reputation is what other people think of us, but integrity is who we really are. And that's more important than a reputation, because I'm telling you, if you got integrity, your reputation will catch up. It'll catch up with it. it's just a matter of time. This is the way Proverbs 11 verse three says: "The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity." It's just a matter of time before a duplicit, like a, a multiple type of lives having just different uses with different people, and. It's just a matter of time before that catches up with us. Just a matter of time before it catches up with us. Man, I'll never forget that caught up with me one time. I was buying a car from a person. It was a, a used car. So I had the certain amount of money in this pocket That's what I wanted to pay. And then I had a little bit extra if I had to pay it. But I didn't want to pay that. So it, we were negotiating. It's like, seriously, seriously, it's a great car. It's a great car. But all I've got is this. That was a bold-faced lie because I had money in my left pocket if I had to. All I got, the best I can do is this. And then it came and we closed out the deal. And, um, man, I left there and I felt like such a liar, such a hypocrite because I was like, all the best I can do. Come on, I'm just young families trying to make it work. And it's the best I can do. That's the best I can do. No, that wasn't all the money I had. That was all the money I was willing to pay. And I lied to that joker's face. I was like, ooh, I better not let this money fall out of my left pocket hated that, right, because that, that's not integrity. It's not being honest. So we all struggle with these type of things, but I'm telling you, I want our lives. I think God's best for our life was really modeled by Samuel. You see in Samuel chapter 12 of 1 Samuel, he was a minister in the Old Testament. He was a priest. And by the end of his ministry, he gathered all the people around through a big town hall meeting. Come on, come on, come on. And he asked them, he's like, if I've ever done any of you wrong, speak up. And I'll make you right. If I've ever taken more of a sacrifice than I was supposed to, speak up and I'll make you right. It was the end of his ministry. He just put the ball in their court. No one had anything to say. That's how we want to live, that we've done the best we can to not do people wrong. The best we can, that our private life matches our public life. And at the end of our day, I ain't perfect, but I'm in progress and it's okay. But it's that duplicity that destroys our lives, trying to be one way here and one way there and hiding, trying to hide stuff from God. He sees it all. Trying to hide things from our family, our parents, or our spouse. No, the truth always comes out. It's that duplicity of trying to hide and not walk in integrity that will destroy our life. But it's integrity that guides the upright. So here's another picture of integrity. I love this. This is going to be the verses that we camp out today. Psalm 15, verse 1 through 5. And I'll kind of set it up. But it really captures the life of integrity. David asked this question in Psalm 15. He asked God, who can dwell in your sanctuary? Like, who can abide in your presence? Who can have communion with you all the time? Who can do that? And then, the, and then David said, well, oh, who may dwell in your sanctuary? In other words, who can have your continual presence? Who can walk in fellowship with you? And basically, I'll read it to you, but I'll sum it up for you. This is God's response. The person that walks in integrity. Chapter 15, verse 5. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live in your holy mountain? He whose walk is blameless, integrity. And who does what is righteous, Integrity who speaks the truth from his heart, integrity, and has no slander on his tongue, integrity, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. He who lives a life of integrity, what's the promise of that at the end of that verse? He will not be shaken. Come on, this is a forgotten pillar. This is a forgotten pillar that we need to build around our lives on. And around this idea is integrity, that our, belie- our behaviors match our beliefs. Because that person's life will not be shaken That a promise from the Lord You'll never be shaken when you live according to your beliefs. But it's not just your beliefs. It's that you base your beliefs off of what God's word says. We can all have beliefs about something, but we can be deceived. We can be wrong. But we go to the infallible, inerrant word of God, and we begin to take our beliefs and mold them after what God's word says. And then once we got our beliefs molded by what God's word says, we begin to line up and mold our behaviors off of those beliefs. And when we do that, and our lives are integrated together. It's all one person. It's just one Brandon. It ain't Monday morning Brandon, Sunday night Brandon, Sunday morning Brandon. It's just Brandon, right? That's the goal. We live an integrated life. And the promise of God's word, we will never be shaken. Doctor gives you a bad report, we won't be shaken. I can stand on God's word. Boss man tells you on your performance review, you ain't doing good. I will not be shaken. God's with me. I can stand on his word. changes everything. But let me give you a couple more benefits of integrity, just in case you're not sold on it. Just in case you're not sold on take it or leave it. Okay, I'm going to sell you on integrity from God's word. Here we go. Number one, the benefit of integrity, you can walk closely with God. We see right there in verse 2, who can dwell in God's presence? He who has integrity. You can enjoy this ongoing relationship with God from walking in integrity. And it's got nothing to do with you and everything to do with what God has done in your heart. We can't walk in integrity on our own will. Are you kidding me? We might do it a day or two and then we're gonna get so frustrated. Man, I'm terrible at getting my life to match up with my words. I quit. But when we just allow what God already did on the cross, when we allow what Jesus has already done on the cross and we put our faith and trust in that, we become new on the inside. And God does the heavy lifting. It ain't you trying to walk in integrity. I'm going to abide in everything God's told me that I am. I am The old man's dead. The new man lives in Christ. I no longer live but Christ in me. I'm a new person. I might have used to been a liar, but now I'm a new person. But what happens is we can dwell closely with the Lord. We can have fellowship with God. God's holy, perfect, and pure. How in the world can we have a relationship with them? Through Jesus and what he's done on the cross. He's covered our sins. I'm telling you, for years, my relationship was strained with my parents. It was just strained. My parents loved the Lord. They set rules and parameters and boundaries in our house. And I tried to break all of them at the same time. I just went in on it. And they had values. Hey, if you're a barren, if you're going to live in this house, here's the values that we conduct. This is how we carry ourselves around here. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We believe that that's God's worst for our life, so we're not going to do that. And we believe that God's best is this for our life, so we're going to do that. And as long as, I mean, we're going to love you anyway, but come on, man, like, there's these values that are for your good. And I chose to not carry those values. I I chose to do what I wanted to. And I'm telling you, for five years, my relationship with my parents was so strained because I didn't want to carry those same values. And it wasn't that they loved me any less. It wasn't that they acted any different toward me. They loved me. They were full of grace with me. But they were up here walking on these values, and I was down here doing my thing. And I felt so much turmoil and shame and condemnation on the inside of me, not because of them, but just because I knew. I knew. When we begin to walk with the Lord, we don't have to worry about that sense of condemnation, guilt, and shame keeping us down here. No, we can walk in the fullness with him. Hear what he's got to say. Feel his encouragement. And this ain't about perfection. You'll hear me say this a million times. A it's not about perfection. It's about progress. God, I trust that your ways are best. I trust that you love me. You've got good things in store for me. And in light of that, I'm going to align my behavior with my belief. And when we begin to do that, there's a proximity that we feel with the Lord. There's a closeness because we don't have to worry about all the separation of sin and shame and guilt. And I'm telling you, when I came back to faith and kind of aligned myself with the values that my parents had, it was amazing instantly how much connection I had with my parents. And like that intimacy, we could talk about all sorts of stuff that earlier I wouldn't have talked to them about. It just is amazing how the Lord healed that. Number two, so that's number one benefit. You can closely walk with the Lord. Number two, you have a built-in guide. Proverbs eleven three 3 says, the integrity of the upright guides them. If you ever, anybody ever been in the gray, not the white or black, but like the gray, eh, you know, we could, eh. it's not technically illegal. Like, I could download that. I just can't sell it. Or, you know, like you kind of find the ways to loophole it. Like that's a dangerous place to be in, right? Because it doesn't really guide you when you, this is right, that's wrong. I'm going to do what's right. It guides you. It kind of sets a direction. That's what we need to do. But when you're living in the gray, it's kind of like, eh, well, I mean, technically we shouldn't, but the Bible doesn't say we can't right? So you start to get in that. It doesn't guide you. You're left wondering, trying to figure it out. And it's like, it doesn't guide you. But the integrity guides us. It guides us. We have a built-in guide. And we've got scripture that helps us. We've got the Holy Spirit that helps us. And it begins just, to, okay, all I got to do is just align my life with what God says. And that kind of guides me. And now it's not foolproof. You know, This decisions like, does God want me to take this job or that? He probably doesn't care. He just wants you to Show up and do your best wherever you go. What's in your heart, right? Like, he gives us things like that. But I'm telling you, there's a built-in guide of integrity. That's right. That's wrong. This is what I'm going to do. This is my favorite right here, number three. You have a constant peace in your heart. It's amazing that at the end of the night, you're tired. You lay your head down on that pillow, and you don't worry about, hmm, I sure hope no one finds out about that. Man, I kind of cut a corner at work. I hope my boss doesn't call me into his office tomorrow. That's terrible, right? Wondering about what if, what if, what if that catches up with me? What if my spouse finds out? Man, oh, my goodness. What if the IRS finds out? Oh, I kind of added a dependent there. We ain't got any kids. I added one. (laughs) It'll keep you up worried. It robs you of your peace, but integrity says... Integrity says, I can lay my head down at night. Ain't worried about it. Oh, I hope they don't find out that I did them right. That ain't going to keep you up in the middle of the night. Lay your head down. (sighs) It's an amazing benefit of our life that we've walked with integrity. Because when the day's in and you close the chapter, (sighs) I can go to sleep. I can rest. It fills our heart with peace. That question of what if I get caught, that will keep you up, man. And then lastly, another benefit of integrity, you gain trust, respect, honor, and influence. You know how I told you that a pillar is something that makes your life attractive? This virtue of integrity, it makes your life attractive. You'll stand out at your office. You'll stand out on the athletic field. You'll stand out on whatever you're doing. If you walk in integrity, we're not cutting any corners. We're going to get every rep. We're not cutting any steps in the process. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to come prepared and bring our best every single day. I'm telling you, you will gain respect, trust, honor, and influence. I'm telling you, if you want to have great kids, walk in integrity. Walk in integrity. If you want to be a great leader for your family, a great husband for your wife, a great spouse, walk in integrity. If you want to have a business that influences the community, walk in integrity. In integrity and do it day in and day out. Be a person of your word. I'm telling you, when we have integrity, people will follow us. When we walk in integrity, people will honor that about you. They will. It's so refreshing. It's so different than everything else around the world. It's different. Wait a minute. Pastor April said she would be there and she was there. Oh, that's nice. It's refreshing. But we've all got these tendencies inside of us. The opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. And that simply means, if you look at the Greek, it just means an actor. The way they would do Greek theater, they would have a stick and a mask or a mask. And then when they they were playing one character, they'd put the mask on and they would play that character. And then when they switched up for the next role, they'd put the mask on. That's not integrity. It's hypocrisy. And we all catch ourselves being hypocritical at times. Like me a while ago when I told you about, I was negotiating to buy that car. That's all the money I got in that pocket, in my right pocket. It's the pocket. I put that mask on. I put that mask on. that. Oh, God scarce. He can't give me all the resources I need. I put that mask on, and I tried to hide behind it. I was lying. All of us at one point or another, we catch ourselves lacking integrity. We do. No one in this room is perfect. We know that. And God's not demanding us to be perfect. He's just just asking us to make progress progress each day, each day, each day. Trust no more. In fact, you know, if we look at Jesus, he got it. If you look at Scripture, who he was the harshest on, like his interaction, he was the harshest with people that were hypocrites. Driving out the money changers. This is a house of prayer. You ever trying to rip everybody out? Get out of here. Dealing with the Pharisees. You're saying this thing with your mouth, but then with your life, you're doing this. I'll give you an example. Matthew 23, verses 25 and 26. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but on the inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup, and then the outside will also be clean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. I thought Jesus was all about grace and love. Man, he just bought some truth to those guys. But we all have these moments where what we do doesn't match up with what we believe. And there's grace and there's hope and we can pick ourselves up and we can trust the Lord in that area of our life. But the question I want to get us asking is, what's our integrity worth? What's our integrity worth? Because every time we're willing to compromise our integrity, we're taking a gamble. We're rolling the dice. We're rolling the dice. We're taking a gamble. And we're willing to risk our integrity and our reputation all for like an immediate benefit. What's your integrity worth? Lying on a job, lying on a resume to get a job. Is that worth your integrity? Overbilling a customer just to cut some corners. Is that worth your integrity? Embezzling from work. Is that worth your integrity? Exaggerating. About a story just to be liked a little bit more. Is that worth our integrity? Falsifying an expense report. Cheating to get a better grade. I worked in retail, so I saw this one all the time. You go shopping and you take that, that shirt you really like and you hide it. I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks. Maybe it will be on clearance. I would see clothes when I worked that box hidden all over the store. That ain't walking in integrity. I'm going to hide this thing right here. No one will ever find it. It's in the different department behind the grills. No one will ever find this shirt. I'll come back and get it when it's on clearance. Come on, man. That ain't worth our integrity. Looking at porn when no one else is around. Oh, no one will find out about that. That ain't going to hurt any of my relationships. That's just on me. What is our integrity worth? See in another example in scripture about this guy named Job, Job to Job everything his integrity was worth everything. Loses his health, loses his his income, his kids are getting messed with, his wife's getting everything's going bad for Job. And in Job 27 verses 5 through 6, he sums up this whole situation. I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my righteousness and never never let it go. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. I'm telling you, when you have integrity, nothing else matters. And when you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. You can't put lipstick on a pig. It's still going to be a pig. You can't try to dress it up and make it look, if you ain't got integrity, you ain't got integrity. Nothing else matters if you don't have integrity. Doesn't matter what you say, what you do. It's just going to be that you in the moment with the mask. But to Job, he got it. When you have integrity, nothing else matters. You can take everything else from me. I am not going to, he said he he was going to keep maintaining his righteousness and never let go of it. He would not, his wife told him, curse God and die. No can't do it. He never would let his integrity go. So today, maybe you're sitting here like me and um, you're just imperfect. I <laughs> think I'm in good company. So what if you aren't living with integrity right now? Like what if you're just not living with integrity? You're trying and that's good, right? But what do you do? What do we do if we're not living with integrity? And I'll get the band to go ahead and come up right now. We're going to land the plane. But what if you are not living with integrity? What should you do? Well, number one, apologize. Apologize to God. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Sometimes I don't even feel like I'm trying, God. I'm just doing what I want to do. I ain't even trying to follow you. I'm sorry, God. Apologize. Apologize to God. And you might even need to take it a step further. Apologize to those around you. I lied to you the other day. I told you this, and really, I wasn't the case at all. Apologize. Apologize. Step number two, after we apologize to God and ask for forgiveness, start doing what's right. The first step, we believe, and then we start taking steps to follow. Start doing what's right. Check your beliefs. Check your beliefs. Make sure they're lining up with the scripture. we got so many great people around here that will help you. I don't know what the Bible says about that, or I don't really know what, the, what what's the role of this, or we will help you. If you don't know what your beliefs are, if you want to get your beliefs based on the Bible, we will help you. We've got books we give out all the time called Following Jesus. We'll pair you up with somebody. We will help you get your beliefs settled and on scripture. We'll help you do that. But these truths, once we begin to figure them out and we get them in our heart, they change everything. It's not about knowing God's word in our head. It's about knowing it in our heart. Because in our hearts, what's going to affect our steps. And then we just start doing what's right. What happens when I mess up? Because inevitably, I'm going to mess up, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wash, rinse, and repeat. Just like when you wash your hair. I got so much experience with this. You wash your hair, you rinse your hair, and then you repeat it. You apologize. I'm sorry, God, that I messed up. I'm sorry, God. I didn't mean to. I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. I own that. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, man. I I lied to you and I shouldn't have. Or I I did this and I shouldn't. I'm sorry. My my actions did not line up with what I really believe. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. And then you just make change. Start doing what's right. But what if I make a mistake again? Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Apologize. Keep doing what's right and keep going. So many times we'll make a mistake and we'll catch a moment of just insecurity, a moment of doubt or a moment of bad judgment. And we'll just make a mistake and we'll kind of give up some of our integrity. And we think because we gave up a little bit of integrity just for a moment, just for a lapse in judgment, that we're done. God ain't done with you just because you made a mistake. Keep going. Apologize. Start doing what's right. Wash, rinse and repeat. And Just keep doing that every single day. Be humble enough. I'm so sorry I messed up. My bad. And just keep moving. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. So what? You made a mistake. It's okay. God's not done with you. Keep moving. I'm sorry. I apologize and I'm going to start doing what's right. Just because you made one mistake 50 years ago, one mistake last week, one mistake two weeks ago, one mistake 30 minutes ago on the way driving. God's not done with you. He's not going to give up on you. He loves you. And he holds us right in the palm of his hand. One of the biggest things that's helped me to start making better decisions is to do this thing called a pre decision. A pre decision. Anybody? Pre decision. I think I might have just made that up. Make a pre decision. Hey, I don't want to wait till the pressure comes on to make a decision. I want to make my decision before the pressure comes in. It's a pre decision. I'm determining right now, this is what I'm going to do if that situation comes up. So when the pressure builds and the situation comes, I already know what I'm going to do. I love that. There's this guy named Pastor Chris Hodges. He oversees ARC, and that's the organization that helped us launch the church. He said, if you decide what's right ahead of time, you'll do what's right at the time. It's amazing what a predecision can do to help you when you're dating. I ain't even going to let it get to this point. There you go. Ah, oh, a pre-decision with, uh, with my money. A predecision with how I negotiate. And, uh, this is what I'm going to do when that comes. That way, when the pressure builds, you don't crumble. But look, when we get it wrong, we simply wash, rinse, and repeat. repeat. Apologize and just keep doing what's right. Don't let it shake you off. Don't let it get you off of course. Just keep moving forward. And I'm telling you, as we begin to fix our focus on Jesus, as we begin to fix our focus on what God has already done for us, We get a revelation of what he's already done on the inside of our heart. This becomes easier to do. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. This is about a relationship with Jesus. And as we begin to believe what he says about us and believe what he's done for us, it will transform every area of your life. Every area. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.